All we have to do is is believe and and ask for help. I'm telling you people. Yeah. Angels yeah. are there for us to help. They are real. They are on assignment from the Father and they are another tool that has been gifted to us from the Father to help us deal with this matrix. The Father knows when we come here that it's going to be challenging and we can't do these things on our own. Of course, he always has our back, but there are an infinite number of divine beings that the Father has created to be there for us, to support us as we go through this chaos and confused world. And archangels are one of many. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever and wherever you are watching or listening, this is The Holistic Monitor, and I'm your host, Nick Sconia. The Holistic Monitor is a wellness podcast featuring life energy research, health and wellness transformation, self-improvement and empowerment, philosophy, spirituality, and now guest interviews as well. We look forward to your comments on our YouTube channel, at Holistic Monitor, and you can also listen on the go with us at Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and more. And with that, let's get today's show started. Justin Williams? Yes. You are the uh, podcast host of the hidden gateway and is that the hidden gateway tangelic conversations is that uh, all one string or is it two separate shows well it's two separate shows so the hidden gateway is my podcast that i do weekly i release a, a new episode every week and i've been doing that since december of 2020 tangelic conversations is a is a separate uh podcast that i do i, I try to do that one uh, once every few months. I don't do that one too often. And then Tangelic is my nonprofit organization that's that's tied into the Tangelic Conversations. Got it. Okay. And um, you have your latest book out, uh, In the Eye of the Father. Um, Absolutely. In the Eye of the Father, a memoir of faith and redemption. Yeah. So that almost tells us a little bit. It's like kind of a gives a little bit of it away, right? Tells us a little bit about the story. Uh, would you like to uh, share kind of where this all began and and what uh, what brought all this on for you? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, I I grew up in a in a household in, in a home that was very challenging for uh, myself as well as my mother and my brother. And that was because of my father, my biological father. Uh, he was very abusive. Hmm. Uh, he was an alcoholic. He was also ex-military, uh, Marine specifically. And so I remember him saying often as a kid, you know, all he learned in the military, the Marines for four years was how to kill. Hmm. Now, he entered the military when he was 16 years old. This was in the 50s. Okay, so things were a bit different back then. And he experienced uh, a lot of uh, injustices, if you will, being a young black uh, man in the military in the 1950s in the South. You know, mm -hmm. he thought he was getting himself into something that was going to be great brotherhood, great camaraderie. But it was, for the most part, a lot different than what he expected. And so because of those experiences, um, that left him traumatized you know, some of the things he experienced uh, during his time in the military. And uh, he then had some issues after he got out of the military with his father, mm. you know, and he he began, uh, be, began being a heavy drinker. And then him and my mom, uh, they married. And because my father 
had not healed from a lot of the traumatic experiences that he had with his father, as well as in the military, and uh, just some some self issues that he had as well. Um, a lot of that came out in a uh, verbal abusive form and a physical abusive form. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, uh, all all three of us, my brother and my mother and myself, we used to get it bad. Um, I mean, beatings, literal beatings where, you know, I'm a four, three, four, five, six year old kid um, with with bruises and scars on my body for weeks. And that was obviously tough, you know, to, to experience and then to experience him um, abusing my mom as well was was very tough as as a young child. Mm -hmm. And um, the worst part about it, though, Nick, was the psychological abuse, because those those scars and bruises, they they healed in a, in a week or two. But it was the psychological effects that uh, took a very long time to heal. In fact, uh, for, for <laughs> nearly all of my life, I, I didn't realize that I was traumatized, uh -huh. you know, by his abuse. So um, I go into that in, in, in great detail in the book. And uh, because I was abused um, as a child, both physically and, and psychologically, um, that caused me to, you know, shut down as a kid and also into my adult life as well. So I'm talking about um, not knowing how to set boundaries for people with people, um, not speaking up for myself, um, being a people pleaser, mm -hmm. um, just kind of brushing things under the rug because my father, he was very controlling. Right. And I feared him and he 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 took my communication he he broke my spirit if you will and so i grew up in this this fearful with this fearful mindset of not only him but other things and other people as well you know and um it wasn't until my wife brought some things to my attention in 2015 maybe 2016 where she told me, she said, you know, because I always was told that my dad, as odd as it may sound, I was always told that my dad was this great man, a great father. Mm. And that's what I experienced with him um, on, on, a, on a certain level. Yeah. See, he yeah. was this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type guy, right? He, I mean, people loved him at his job. People in our family loved him. He was a, a gentleman at times, very classy act because he was a Marine. Uh, he carried himself in a certain way that was very attractive to a lot of people, you know, but because he had this, this hidden, um, this uncovered trauma and this alcohol, alcoholic abuse, mm -hmm. I mean, when, when he started to drink, which was daily, but it turned him into a completely different person. So, you know, my father taught me a lot of good things. I mean, he taught me how to be responsible. He taught me how to work hard. He taught me how to treat people. He taught me how to treat myself. But again, it was that other side that was very debilitating to myself and my family. Mm -hmm. And just to circle back, my wife, she told me, she said, you know, Justin, you've been told all your life that your father loved you and he was this great man. And no doubt he loved you, but he just didn't know how to love you the way that you needed to be loved, right? He wasn't a good man in regards to how he treated your mom and your brother and your, your entire family. And that was the first time I had ever heard anyone tell me that. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went down this journey, this path of, unpeeling back the layers of issues that I, I discovered, which was a effect of the abuse that I suffered at the hands of my father. And then fast forward to uh, 2020, you know, we all know what happened in 2020. And at that point, I was on furlough for my job, like the rest of the world, you know, mm -hmm. for, for 90 days. And during that time, I connected with a really great friend who I've known for over 20 years. We've, we had always kept in touch, you know, throughout the years, maybe spoke 
through email a few times a year, but you know, he was he was at home during this time in 2020. So we reconnected via email, phone, and, and Instagram. And uh, he told me about meditation. You know, I'd always heard about meditation, but I had never, you know, tried to meditate. And he introduced me to this meditation called the gateway experience or the gateway process. And this mm -hmm. is a meditation that uses by neural beats. And it was created by a guy by the name of Robert Monroe many, many years ago, decades ago. And with this meditation, uh, the binaural beats for, for your audience that are not aware, this is a, a guided meditation where it's best to use like AirPods and you have one, one sound wave going into your left ear, another going into your right ear. And then when they get into your brain, if you will, that sinks the left and right hemisphere of the brain and it puts you in this deep, relaxed state. And what that allows is for you to have these, most people do. In fact, everybody I know that tried on the first time had an OBE, also known as an mm. out-of-body experience, mm -hmm. right? And like that changed my life. That changed my world. I started learning about, you know, angels. And, you know, I've always been a person that, you know, I love the father. You know, I was, you know, my mom is an evangelist. I was raised in the church when I was a young kid. I was one of those kids who went to church three, four, five times a week. You know, so this experience with God and in, in, in meditation angels was different for me. But I found myself feeling closer to spirituality and God than ever before, completely life changing. And then I did something that I, I said I would never do. And that was go up 20,000 feet in an airplane and mm. jump. Mm. You know, as I'm meditating and I'm becoming aware of these different gifts that I have and, you know, um, knowing or learning that I am very intuitive, spirit spoke to me and said, you need to go skydiving. And, and of course I said, no, I'm not going skydiving. I fought that for about a month and a half, two months, but you know what, when, when you have that feeling in your gut, when, you know, when you know that spirit or the father is speaking with you, you know, you know, you have to do it. So I put on my courage hat and I, I did the jump. Right. And wow. Uh, spiritual experience, totally, li totally life changing for me. Um, one of the best things that I've, I've ever done in life, because remember, I dealt with a lot of fear. And so I think that was the father's way of me taking that initial step to dealing with things, even, even in my 40s as an adult that I was still fearful of. Right. And again, total, total, total game changer for me. So a month, two months go, go by. And th this was in August when I went skydiving. So I think maybe around October, Spirit spoke again and told me to start a podcast. Again, no, not this quiet, introverted guy <laughs> who, who, who doesn't speak, who, who doesn't like to communicate. It's kind of like a, almost a hermit, if you will. I'm not starting a podcast. I'm not doing it. No, that's for Joe Rogan or somebody else. That's not Dustin Williams. Not happening. But again, Spirit just kept kept at me do it justin do it you get you have to do this so again i gave in you know i started the hidden gateway podcast and um you know it's been such a phenomenal journey for me nick mm -hmm. um, i've learned so much about myself i've learned so much about what i'm capable of as well and just another step in me dealing with fear and walking past that that fear stage that i uh was at in my life and then it was one other thing as well um, in March, I think March of 21, um, I did something. I learned about um, something called ayahuasca. Mm. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you, you may be familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's something I learned about. And, uh, you know, I started doing my research. I probably researched it for about six months, talked to different people that experienced ayahuasca and, uh, you know, found out it was good for, for all types of things, for healing, you know. Mm -hmm. 
and uh you know I, I i live here in arizona i found a shaman and uh i went to uh to tucson it's a couple hours from me i was uh, out in the desert for three nights and i had a, a ayahuasca ceremony for three nights in the desert amazing experience amazing 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 experience again life-changing and i can i can say that it did help uh bring me through some of the um, some of the remaining issues, if you will, that I, I had continued to deal with. And so I'm building and building over this time, right from 2020, now it's 21. Um, the podcast is going great. I have this great audience, um, you know, and then things start happening with the podcast. I start interviewing these and speaking with these people that I, I never thought I would have the opportunity to speak with. I, I, I spoke with Robert Kennedy Jr., um, Dr. Robert uh, Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, um, Tommy Chong for Chief Chief and Chong, Chris Boss, and, and the names go on. It's been such a such a blessing. And uh Spirit spoke again and, and said, you need to start a start a nonprofit, and which I did, you know. Um I, I started Tangelic. And my purpose with Tangelic is to help people that were like me at one time, right? People that have lived in fear and who not that people that have not stepped into their purpose in life. So um, that's kind of it in a, in a, in a 10 minute nutshell. Yeah, I always people <laughs> went through this, this spiritual death and rebirth, if you will, you know, that has brought me along and, and totally changed my life. And uh, you know, I'm so thankful for it. And, you know, now I know my purpose, my mission, and that is to, to help people, you know, that's yeah. what I'm here to do is love and help people. Yeah, so uh, do you utilize the uh, podcast as kind of a uh, gateway by the name to open people up to the opportunity or the idea of uh, radical change in their lives? Well, that, that's a piece of it. But, you know, I cover a, a wide variety of topics. You know, I get into speaking about social issues. I get into speaking about, um, you know, I don't like this word conspiracy theory. You know, I talk a lot about that, if you will. Yeah. Um, I talk a lot about spirituality and I'm not talking about religion, you know, where I'm talking, you know, Catholic or Christianity. I talk about just straight spirituality, you know, on there. Um, mm -hmm. I talk a about a lot of things, but yes, um, the ultimate goal of the Hidden Gateway podcast is to bring awareness to people um, regarding on various subjects and topics that they might not be aware of. You know, I'll always look for truth in everything. So my mantra, if you will, is nothing is as it seems, which is what the spirit spoke to me, um, said to me uh, back in 2015, 2016. I remember I came in from work. It was a tough day. I had some things going on in my personal life and I just came home, sat on my bed. I said, Father, just, just tell me the truth. I just wanted to know truth. I don't know why that came to me, but I just wanted to know truth. And I heard, just like you and I are talking, just like you hear me now, nothing is as it seems. And at that point, that kind of took me down this rabbit hole of discovery, right? I start, you know, learning about, you know, governments and things they do and different organizations and all this, all this, all these other things. So it's been a, been a, been a great journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. And, and it does, it opens up once you start opening up the realms of spirituality, philosophy, which is definitely the same uh, focus of this show as well. Um, it goes in a lot of different branches. Um, you know, yes. what is your philosophy on life? Where does that take you? What are your beliefs? And where, you know, what are you doing with those beliefs? And um, I like to stay on the positive of what, you know, what is happening in the good. Uh, there's easy ways to focus on, you know, the negatives. And a lot of conspiracy theory uh, will uh, find the shadow 
and kind of hunt that out and kind of uh, dwell there. But I like to hear like with the positive of what people are doing to make that change um, in their little world or the greater world around them or however they're doing it, rather than uh, focusing on what could be considered the shadow side. But it's an obvious thing that we all have to go through, and that is that uh, uh, what is the truth? It's not as you would see it. And what yes. we see is the darkness, and the truth is the light, right? The truth is not in the shadows. It's really hard for us to grasp the idea that we're almost, uh, it's necessary for us to live a life that's very ordinary and contained and structured in such a way that we're built upon the things that came before us. But we always have that ability to break out of it, like you did, like to find... Uh, you know, the opening in the box and to climb out, if you wish. <laughs> well said, Nick. Well yeah. said. We live in a world of chaos and confusion, and it, it's as if these days that what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right, you know. And, you know, they, they've totally flipped this thing upside down. Uh, they continue to implement uh, much more chaos and confusion. And it's, it's like you said, it's it's easy to focus on the negative, the darkness, mm -hmm. the the, the the unknown, if you will, you know, because it's all fear based, right. but it, it takes something within to kind of set that aside, but know it's there, but set it aside and say, okay, you know, if, if you believe in, in balance, right, you, you have um, good, bad, you have masculine, feminine, and, you know, it's, it's a balance of everything. So with that said, I'm like, okay, this is all darkness. Well, there has to be light. Mm -hmm. And I know that the light is stronger than dark. Right. And so we live in this in this matrix of a of a world where um, there are things at play that want to pull people down and keep people in fear. But, you know, there are spiritual warriors out there um, like like myself, like like you, what you're doing with your show. And, and I'm sure other things you have going on. And, uh, you know, and, and people are becoming more and more aware of the trickery um, yeah. that has has been going on. Um, with 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 governments and and I mean just about education, um, just every every level, every facet of society. There's there's something something corrupt, you know that that's being hidden from people. But um, the light is on, mm -hmm. and and the spiritual warriors are are fighting this this war um, to to bring bring about a better better world. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's well, you mentioned meditation and uh, and also jumping out of a plane and. Uh, for a lot of people, that that's like a, two different worlds, and yeah. I think the idea with that I understand at least with meditation is that you want to be able to do it while jumping out of a plane. You want to be able to get to a state of stillness uh, in no matter what in in any environment. It's nice to have a quiet, you know, utterly quiet space. Um, yes, and you consider that maybe is easy. It's the training wheels. Then you go out into a, a, a park and you have the sounds of birds and you add extra elements to your meditation that um, enhance and change uh, your ability and maybe strengthen your ability to find that stillness. And then you go out into a more noisier environment. You know. Well said, yeah. man. I, I, like, I like what you said, Nick. I really do. And I, I really like when you said being able to meditate when jumping out of a, pain, a plane. Yeah. Right. And that is that is so that's spot on, man. And then when you think about my book in the eye of the father, you know, um, I created that title because that's what it's been for me 
the last three years or so. Mm-hmm. With Even though there's a lot of chaos and confusion going on in this world and I'm busy and, and life happens, it's like I'm in a storm, in the eye of the storm, but I have this peace now, right? Yeah. Um, as before, it was not like that. I wasn't grounded. I, I didn't know certain truths. And so which would, would and, and, and you tie that in with, with some of the trauma that was not healed. I mean, that, that had me all over the place, man. It, it yeah. really did. It really did. And it was not comfortable. Um, I tell you, 2020 was, was, a, was a game changer for me. But prior to that, uh, 2019, 2018, 17, 16, 15, those were some of the toughest years of my life. Right. Like things got like really crazy for me right around 2015, just dealing with some insane things at work at the time, um, dealing with some family issues, some personal issues. But I have now learned that regardless of what I deal with in this matrix, if I'm able to find that peace in the storm, mm-hmm. all that, it, it I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it matters, but I now know how to deal with it. I know now know how to keep going and not let everything that's going on dictate my purpose in my future yeah exactly yeah i I used to uh i can't remember what job it was somewhere up just whatever it was it was like uh somebody was having a bad day and was really trying to impress their bad day on me and somebody else asked oh man how do you you know how do you deal with somebody like that a customer like that or whatever i say well you know what they don't they don't actually dictate how I feel about my day. (laughs) It's the job and I do my best to be, you know, on customer service level and, uh, but they have no control over how I'm going to take the rest of my day on. And um, taking a little power from that is, I think the, uh, the benefit of it is that uh, you have to have these challenges so that you can learn the tools, meditation being a great tool to uh, have in the back pocket when it comes to pretty much anything as far as um, onslaughts of energy to being able to balance them out, find the equilibrium. And, um, you know, meditation being a great tool to achieve a sense of stillness, a sense of balance in storms. And and mm-hmm. that's part of life. Well, storms yeah. are part of life. Yes, they are. You know, the other person's bad day isn't going anywhere. They're always going to be there. They're always coming at you. It's your ability to maintain that equilibrium as much as possible or find find that counterbalance if necessary. Exactly. Uh, because people like that, the, like the person you encountered on your job and maybe people in, 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 in other people's families, people in my family, anything that comes at you that, that's low, vibra- low, low vibration or what we perceive as negative, they're necessary. Right. Because the thing is, as you mentioned, we have to learn how to deal with those things and rise above those things. And then that's how we grow. That's how we become stronger. That's how we raise our vibration. That's how that's how we open up um, to things that we ha- could have never imagined, right, in regards yeah. to to doing or being able to do. It's, it's, it's amazing. It really, really is. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the idea with having traumatic experiences in our past and these things that really um, kind of work to define who we are and work to create uh, a sense of who we are based on the trauma uh, is not inaccurate. You know, a tree, when it's bruised and it's beaten and it uh, takes on forest fires and has burnt chars and you know keeps growing... Uh, it doesn't lose those uh, 
those parts of itself that were part of it, but it is still that seed prior to all of that that right. uh, made it an oak tree or whatever, you know. <laughs> so an oak tree, it's not a damaged oak tree, it's just an oak tree. And uh, right. I feel like taking the power back from those traumas to the present and saying, and reclaiming, it's just like, uh, just like alcohol can be such an addiction and somebody else's addiction the way that they handle alcohol also can be very uh, difficult. It may make your relationship with alcohol um, very different as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you, yes. you at a certain time have a choice to also uh, delve into that same cyclical action. I sure did. Or you can take the reins and, you know, pull back. So is that something is that... You, you found you had to do as well was to kind of break a chain from oh. continuation? Wow. You know, my wife and I, we talk about it all the time. You know, when when you look at both of our families, you know, uh, when you look at my father, you know, he had a uh, a strained relationship with his father for, wow, probably 30 plus years up until he passed, hmm. up until he transitioned. And uh, I don't know much about my great grandfather, but um, I would guess if I was a betting man, I would bet that he, my grandfather had an issue with his grandfather. And here I was having some issues with my father and some things that I could have held against my father and threw in his face once I became an adult mm -hmm. and which would have caused a lot of friction and damaged our relationship. Um, I could have, I could have did that, but I didn't, even though my father put me through everything I went through, even before I had a spiritual death and rebirth, I never held any of it for whatever reason. I never held any of it against my father, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm so glad that I did not. And I remember about a couple months or maybe about a year before my father passed, you know, and he knew he knew he was dying. You know, he he went on this this apolo apologetic journey, if you will, right. where he called and contacted everyone in his life who he felt he did wrong. And um, I remember I was over his house and you know, he, he apologized to me, he said, you know what, son, when you were a child, I was way too hard on you and your brother. You know, um, he disowned us at one time when we were little kids uh, because he was upset with us. Um, I mean, countless times of, you know, verbal abuse, cussing us out, cussing my mother out, talking bad to us about my mother. And, you know, of course, the physical abuse is, is young kids. But he did apologize. And that is something that I will I'm thankful for. Right. And obviously we'll never forget. But um, as I became an adult and I had the spiritual rebirth, um, sure, I, I, I definitely could have said, no, I want to stay in this place of low vib vibration, this place of anxiety, because I used to deal with that um, a lot uh, from about starting in 2015 right up to about 2018, 2019. Um, I could have stayed and I, I could have made the decision to, no, I don't want to be better. You know, I don't want to grow. I don't want to improve my life. Um, but I, I, I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the fire. I'm going to go through the storm. And it is one of the most challenging things I have ever done in life. It's not a cakewalk. And I, I hope I'm not coming across making it sound like it was easy. It was hard, man. It was it was very difficult because it takes a lot of vulnerability. It took me to look in the mirror and say, you know, something's not right with you and you need help. You need to change. You know, I, I have three children and I have a wife who I've been married to now for 17 years. And I said, you know, I have to be the best father and the best husband uh, to my family. And I, I knew I wouldn't be the best uh, without doing that shadow work, looking in the mirror, being very vulnerable. Um, sometimes in, I have a 
I do my meditations and my prayers in, in my closet. I set up a, a uh, like an altar, if you will, and I have a lot of things in there. Um, I'm really into angels, specifically uh, archangels, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a lot of things uh, for them set up in there. And uh, man, I'm talking about a lot of nights crying, a lot of nights confused, and, and just going through it and and realizing different things. But uh, you know, it was hard, but it was something on the other side for me. You know, which is where I'm at now, and even even more to come. You know, I heard a great quote one time. It said. God places the very best things in life on the other side of fear. So if we are able to deal with fear, deal with it. It doesn't feel good. You have to be honest with yourself. It hurts sometimes to to, to go through that, to deal with it. But if someone makes the decision, the logical choice to say, hey, I need help. There's some things in my life about myself that's not right. Maybe even some people have been telling you before like okay you need to see somebody but you need to do something about this and you say oh, i'm okay you know do it i tell people do it because it's something so great so valuable so wonderful on the other side of that yeah yeah uh i'm really big on recapitulation and you know going back into my memories as far back as i can and, and kind of evolving them trying to find more memories uh, I feel like there's a lot there to to glean from it, uh, and in in the current day, uh, bringing that energy forward and clearing that energy out and just uh, kind of gathering it up, it, it's very valuable. Um, you mentioned uh, the the angels and and the uh, OBE, the uh, out of body experience that you had. That I guess was when you were introduced. Could we that be the right word? introduced to maybe your higher angels or the angels or something like that absolutely so the very first time i i did the gateway process i had an out-of-body experience i I sure did and i I continue to have them you know it's Mm -hmm. they they happen you know i I meditate daily um i don't always do the gateway meditation yeah um because you know over the last three years i've learned other meditations you know and i do different ones but um yeah i i continue to have them i've had some very 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 unique experience as well. Uh, that that's for sure. I've seen entities. I've traveled to other dimensions. Um, I, I got a really interesting story to share with you yeah. as well. So, um, one, I, I typically meditate at night. Um, you know, and I don't meditate in the morning. So it was a Friday night. I did my meditation, and then I wake up on a Saturday morning, maybe about seven in the morning. Uh, spirit spoke said, "Hey, go in the closet, do a meditation." I was like. I don't meditate during the day. Why, why do I need to do a meditation? And so, you know, now I'm at the point where, okay, I know to listen to that voice, right? Instead of, you know, pushing it away. And this was back in in 20, uh, mid to late 21, I believe. And uh, so I go in the closet to do the meditation. My wife is still asleep. She's in the bed sleep. Um, I go in the closet. I notice that a pillow that I use is not in the closet because I lay down on my back on the floor and do my meditation. So I said, okay, I need to get a pillow. So when I walk out the closet, my wife is awake. Mm. And, but well, I'm sorry, let me back up. When when I, the first time when I started to go into the closet, um, spirit said, you're going to Utah. Mm. I said, Utah, I, you know, I was confused. I was, didn't understand that. And then, so then I walk out and get my pillow. And by this time my wife was awake. And for whatever reason, she says to me, where are you going? And I just looked at her. I said, I don't know. We'll see. I didn't mention Utah to her. We'll see. So I I get in the closet, start the gateway meditation. And then about 15, 20 minutes in, 
oh, maybe about 20, 30 minutes in, I'm out of body, okay? And I see in the distance this, um, it's snowing outside, snow everywhere. Hmm. And uh, snow on the trees, no leaves on the trees. And I see a, a person in the distance. And uh, I see that this person is naked, cold, and afraid. Okay. So I approach this person. So I'm in spirit, right? No body. I'm in spirit. And then I had this conversation with this person, this nonverbal conversation with this person. This person begins to tell me that he is having issues with his child's mother that she is, she has some mental issues. Um, they have a newborn and um, he, he has, he was having some issues with some other family members as well. And he, he became suicidal. Mm -hmm. The lake was not frozen completely. Um, he didn't know how to swim and he was going to end it right there. And so, you know, I, I, I'm talking to him and I'm, I'm, I'm begging, almost begging, pleading with him, do not do this, do not do this. It was very intense. Mm -hmm. And then I remember at one point, cause he was pretty much at the point where he began to shiver. And I did something where I was able to transfer heat yeah. to him, to keep him warm. It was really interesting. And then, so I told him to call the police, call the police. And he, I finally got him to call the police. And then, so I hear with the meditation, it's, it's a guided meditation. It starts off with Dr. Monroe speaking. And then for a period of time, you just hear the binaural beats. And then for the last 10 minutes, you hear Monroe come back on again. So I heard Monroe come back on again. So I knew the meditation was about to end and I knew I was going to be back in body, you know? So mm -hmm. I got nervous and I, I said, wow, okay. I, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to be back in body without seeing the police come. So finally, I saw three or four police cars come. So I said, ooh, okay, he's going to be okay. I'm back in body. I <laughs> leave my closet, go back into the bedroom, <laughs> tell my wife everything. She's just like in awe, like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. I'm like, okay, what an experience, right? Yeah. Never experienced anything like that before. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, some of my out-of-body experiences. So fast forward two weeks. I'm talking to a very, my, my friend, very good friend, the same person, the guy who introduced me to meditation, the gateway experience. He says, Hey, Justin, um, I, I know this guy, he's down on his luck and I want you to connect with him. If you guys could do a zoom, maybe be a mentor to him. I'm like, okay, cool, man. You know, that's what I do. Absolutely. Whatever you need. Mm -hmm. And so I scheduled a zoom with this guy, Nick, I kid you not. This guy comes up on the screen. I thought I saw a ghost. It was the same guy that I saw during my out of body experience. Yeah, that's cool. And I was probably, it was like really weird, maybe awkward for him because for like the first 10 seconds, I don't think I saw anything. I was just trying to, I mean, say, I didn't think I said anything. Yeah. I was just trying to process it. I'm like, right. it's mind blowing. <laughs> that's and then, great. Of course, of course, I didn't say to him, oh, were you in Utah? Right. No, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say that to him. And I never place. said anything, never said anything <laughs> to him. Yeah. So fast forward a few more weeks, we do another Zoom. We had done a couple of Zooms by then, but a couple of weeks forward, we do another Zoom. And he says, oh, Keith, Keith told me we may have met before. Mm. And my, my heart just dropped. I was like, Keith told you about my experience? He's like, yeah, man. And then he begins to tell me. He said that he and his wife, uh, he and his, his son's mother and, the, and their baby, they lived in Texas. They did a cross-country drive from Texas to Washington State, and they stopped in Utah. Mm. And in Utah, that exact same scenario happened, mm -hmm. where he was going to end it all. And I asked, I was like, "Do you remember 
speaking with me or somebody or getting some type of communication. He said, no, I don't remember, but I had these feelings that I had never yeah. felt. Before. All he had was the tug of war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Good exactly. and the bad angel, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I, I tell you what, that guy, he, uh, a good buddy of mine now, we, we, we talk every week or at least once a week. Um, but at that time, he, uh, he, they, they, they finished the move. They went to Washington. As soon as they got, so shortly after they arrived in Washington, they separated. Yeah. Uh, he hadn't seen his son like for months. She kept his son from him. Um, he was homeless living in his van in the woods. So I start, you know, obviously I was still mentoring him. And I mean, thank God now the guy has a, a job he loves. He sees his kid three days a week. Um, he has a place to live. His life is completely changed and I'm not taking credit for it. I didn't do it. He did it. Mm -hmm. I just showed him the way I told him about meditation. I told him about a lot of different things. Yeah. It's a lot of the th same things that I did to work through my traumas and, and, and things that I had going on and, um, love the guy he, he's doing, he's doing awesome now. Yeah. So, but that was, that was, uh, one of, of many, many unique experiences that I had out of body experiences that I had. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's something about um, mentoring, and I would say that that goes into the line of you know like what we would think of a guidance counselor. It's not necessarily that you're there telling them what to do, but that you're there giving them the options. And here are right. some tools that maybe you would like to try to see if they're going to be of benefit to you in your in your path. And uh, and just kind of here's the light. There's the there's the path. <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. And, and that's all we can do. But, yeah. you know, th thank God he, he, he did what I recommended. You know, a lot of people don't, a, a lot, lot of people don't, people don't no. for, for, for whatever reason. And, and, and I know what it is. It, it's fear. You know, people don't know what lies on the other side of that. Yeah. All they know is what they're experiencing now, but they don't know what's to come. And, and that's where the fear is. Like, what if it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. What if this, right. what if that, and then the doubt sets in. But I'm, I'm telling people, do it, <laughs> do yeah. it, do it, do it. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guidelines, you know, tried and true ideas that have been tried and don't seem to net a benefit or make it really difficult either for the uh, the guide or for the person being guided. Usually what I find family and close uh, contacts that are like that are very uh, tricky better to you be guided to a third party uh because of that closeness there's there seems right. to be some kind of friction there of expectation that doesn't exist when it's a third party an unknown you know right um, right you know i say whatever works you know whatever is open in a door get the door open <laughs> you know there you go yeah there you go at a certain point you... it doesn't matter you know right Exactly. And then you had asked about angels as well. Mm -hmm. And I've, I, over the last three years, I have developed this amazing relationship with Archangel Metatron. Mm. You oh. know, I have the Metatron's cube. Yeah. I wear it around my neck. I keep uh, the crystals in my pocket. I have them hanging in my, in my, my sacred space there in my closet. And I mean, developing a relationship. I mean, angels are there for us. All we have to do is, is believe and, and ask for help. I'm telling you people, yeah, angels yeah. are there for us to help. They are real. They are on assignment from the father and they are another tool that has been gifted to us from the father to help us deal 
with this matrix. The father knows when we come here that it's going to be challenging and we can't do these things on our own. Of course, he always has our back, but there are an infinite number of divine beings that the father has created to be there for us, to support us as we go through this chaos and confused world. And archangels are one of many. And I've developed this wonderful relationship with Archangel Metatron. I'll tell you what, Nick, the very first day that I bought um, this Archangel um, crystal into my house and all these other uh, Metatron uh, pieces into my house, I could literally feel the vibration, the energy shift in my house. And my wife felt it too. It was the most amazing feeling that we have experienced. It was so great. It was just I mean, words really cannot describe the feeling. And my wife felt it too. I, I thought maybe, maybe I'm I'm tripping. Maybe, <laughs> but no, she said, no, I feel it. And she felt it. And we we still talk about that. And it's still here. I mean, we don't feel it like we did initially because things have, you know, balanced out. We're used, to, we're used to it now, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's powerful. So, so powerful. And then obviously through the course of time, you know, I just continue to build, man. Just continue mm -hmm. to build and and prosper and and I, again, I'm I'm on assignment here, man. I'm right, on assignment right. for the father. Well, uh, and I noticed the uh, the flower of life uh, motif on your uh, shows. I cover, I think, is what it is, or uh, might be the tangelic cover, the flower of life. Oh yes, um, yes. That being a feature of uh, you know the, the greater seed of life, the flower of life, all that. Um, do you, what do you experience as far as, um, uh, is it like a cosmic consciousness type of energy with Metatron or would you say it's something of, um, like a higher vibrational frequency, kind of like a tuning fork is being struck and everything is there kind of go. elevating to that? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a higher, uh, vibrational energy is, is what I, what I feel. And a, uh, I guess if I had to pick a word creation, mm. creation, Metatron uses his energies to help not only balance us, but to create in our lives as well. Um, and, and we could talk about manifesting material things, this and that, you know, that that's wonderful, but that's, that's not what's most important to me. You know, um, Metatron has helped, me create opportunities in my life um, that put me in a position to to serve in my purpose, you know, and 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 that's that's what what matters most, you know. Uh, Metatron has has taught me different things, and again, put me in a position to where I'm able to leave my footprint on humanity in a divine way, yeah. and that's what I'm most thankful for. But without doubt, it's a high vibrational energy, a energy of creation as well, mixed in there that that i experience each and every day yeah but in a lot of the uh older works uh you have like a four angel four archangel um uh structure uh i can only think of two michael gabriel um uriel and there's a third third angel but uh where does metatron fit where does metatron come from what is the uh source of the name and maybe the uh, pantheon uh you know where is where is the uh, source of metatron well that, that's an excellent question nick so what a lot of people don't know and I, i've for the last three years I, i've done a, a tremendous deep dive and in, in obviously into archangel, uh, archangel metatron but archangel metatron and michael are one in the same oh, okay yeah so they, they are a different name 
Yeah. Flaming they, they, sword. They one same. Is that flaming sword? The fighter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if you're familiar with the story of Enoch, right? Yeah. Enoch um, ascended to heaven. Uh, the only man that person that did not die ascended to heaven uh, a couple times. And that final right. time he, he went to heaven and then God transformed him into Archangel Metatron. He is the closest um, angel that is, that is to the father. He's the only uh, angel that can actually be with the father while the father is doing his good works for humanity, for the universe. Hmm. Well, okay. um, he's, he's a, he's a, he, he documents everything that happens everywhere in the universe. Um, he is the keeper of children as well. So when, when children die prematurely, yeah. um, he, when they go to heaven, uh, he, he's there to greet them and he's there with them throughout their time there. He teaches them different things about heaven and about the universe and in different galaxies. And they learn all this great information from him. Mm, okay. And it sounds similar to, uh, Hermes or, uh, Athos or, um, oh, yeah, you know, a lot of people, of Mercury. Yeah, a lot of people believe they're all one in the same. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I need to, you know, I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah. But a lot, I've spoken with a lot of people that believe Metatron, Thoth, um, Hermes, they're, they're, they're one in the same. Yeah, because you know? when we look, based on what you were saying, uh, Mercury being the closest planet to the sun is considered the messenger. Or if mm -hmm. you're tapping into the, the you know, quote unquote, God of Mercury, you're, you're tapping into the communicator of God's will on the earth um and an ever young uh, a young um entity with uh that tr mainly about communication though it's not so much on the uh uh sword except for maybe the sword of truth <laughs> as, yeah. as it is a knowledge as a knowledge type of um basis and i know metatron has a lot to do with that that's why i said cosmic consciousness but uh michael always throws me off because i always think of like <laughs> the fighter you know yeah i'm, I'm pulling michael yeah. you know <laughs> right 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 yeah. well that's cool okay and so i don't know the name of the word metatron i i want to say it's um got a basis somewhere um uh, in the middle east maybe yeah i would believe so i'm not 100 percent on that okay. and uh, that's still kind of you know up in the air re regarding in regards to a lot of a lot of researchers but i would i would think that it would be you know Something like absolutely. yeah yeah because once you get into the flower of life you're getting into this uh knowledge source the thing that is all things it's kind of like looking at the matrix i used to call it yes you know yes here's the matrix yes. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. cool. Because obviously, we 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 definitely live in a matrix. You know, I, I think of it as uh, you know, even even this this reality we live in. You know, it's it's a hologram, right? Simulated reality, and uh, I think of it as a p computer program. You mm -hmm. know that that we live in, and um, you know, just like computers get viruses, the viruses have been implemented into into this reality, and that's where we we deal with all the evil and all the low vibrational stuff. You know, and right. Yeah. yeah, but we have the ability to to work through all that, navigate through it. Yeah, when when the movie uh, The Matrix came out, I went and saw it seven times in the theater. I thought it was <laughs> it was like, wow, this is so close to my headspace of what I think yeah. of the world. You know, it's uh -huh. so close. It's just a little, you know, a little off. But uh, that but, idea, you know, you know, it's a lot of truth in there. And I tell you what, the people that make those movies, they they know the truth. You know, there's there's you know, as we know, everything is energy, yeah. right? So. And so when you start talking about secret societies and Masons and all these things, and even elites in, in world governments, they're very well aware 
of all this stuff and how spirituality works and how energy works. Um, I believe it was Reagan, if I, uh, President Reagan. I think he had a astrologer mm-hmm. that he Nancy. conference with. Yeah, Nancy. Yeah, but one of them. Yeah. But yeah, Nancy. Yeah, <laughs> somebody. Yeah, or was that? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I think it was. It was Nancy Reagan, and of course mm-hmm. Ronald and Reagan the- was along the you know along with it. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. Uh, it's. I think we we we're starting from a place. Let's say, um, you know, in our part of a century or our part of a decade or whatever, and we're like set and go, and whatever knowledge we run into along the way is what we kind of gather as as our truth or our understanding of the world that we're in, and slowly more will filter forward from the distant past of like well this it's like kind of learning like that song you loved from a musician it was yeah. actually a cover of a really older song and you're like wow yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. and maybe you like the older song better you know it depends uh but knowledge seems to be that way as it kind of uh some of us are just catching into it and kind of going oh wow oh wait this has been going on how long and yeah. uh, some of these cultures and I will say, uh, you know, from uh, from a little bit of knowledge, um, the Masons are a lineage, uh, something that is a known method for from the beginning. Um, the Hopi yep. are a lineage. They say they have memory back, you know, back to Palenque. They have a memory that goes back to many worlds uh, mm-hmm. because they they pass the story along. And it and it moves in a generation. They don't necessarily share it with everybody, but it is something that is within them, and it's part of their identity. That's uh, right. Our culture is kind of a uh, a pioneering culture, so it's coming from somewhere, but it's detached from it. So uh, America is really good at being that hodgepodge, mix, mash. Everything's kind of just like and you know choose your reality in a sense. It's yeah. a perfect playground. Uh, for a holiday, exactly. but uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, you go to another co- culture or another country, and you're kind of you get pigeoned into a spot. And you're like, okay, well, yep. this is this is all we get, and and uh-huh. it's this is a playground in a sense that you, in theory, you're allowed to or supposed to be allowed to be able to um, pursue different things and in different ways, and not feel like uh, you know downtrodden on that. Um, but there are people that hold the knowledge forward and carry it forward. And there's been a lot of history of uh, persecution in a oh, lot of yeah. different angles. So yes. people that keep it close, a lot of them do that for a reason. You know, they, they, yes, they do. have found through time that sometimes everybody knowing their business isn't a great thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of what we're seeing, what I, in my belief, um, is fairly predicted by the coming of uh, the, movement of the age of Aquarius from the Piscean era into this age of air, of fixed air, of like a a fixated solid air, uh, but also of communication, of mentalism. And we're just seeing like the the obvious tendrils of the reality of this new world that we're in. And, And it's that Aquarian age. Metatron would be a great herald for that idea of, uh, knowledge is for everybody. And everything will be uncovered and everyone yes, will have the access to and be able to type on a computer and learn about anything they want. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes, you yes. Know. It's a, it's a definitely uh, on the positive end. It We're in a place where we have allotted our fingertips 
and uh, we still have the old world to deal with. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of signs that a lot of people are coming to, without using the term too heavily, uh, coming to awaken to the reality that um, they have the ability to rise out of that box and yes, take control absolutely. of their life. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So where where do you see your um, your you know the next five years? Where do you see yourself going as far as your show goes or your your work? Wow, in five years. Wow, that's yeah. a great question. So, uh, man, I expect huge things. I'm the type of person I I shoot for beyond the moon, man. Yeah. Uh, so I I in five years, I will have one of the top rated podcasts in the entire world, awesome. without doubt. Um, great. Uh, in, in five years, uh, my organization, Tangelic, will be helping literally hundreds of thousands hmm. of people um, across the across the nation. Um, I see myself on platforms uh, speaking to large crowds, hmm. uh, healing people, um, giving um, very wise advice to people in need, um, just being a, a servant to humanity on a on a on a large scale. That that that's yeah. where I'll be at in uh, in five years. So it sounds accessible and able to help. So it's a very service oriented approach, which is great. Yeah. Um, and Tangelic, uh, let's talk about that for a second here. Uh, yeah. The organization that you have, um, what is its uh, what is its mission statement or purpose? What's its drive? So the mission statement, just in a nutshell, is to to restore your help you restore your purpose. Mm. Um, I currently, well, for the last year, year and a half, I've been doing a lot of work here in the Phoenix area with the homeless community, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I do a, a you know some outreach where I'm going out speaking with the the homeless community. Um, I, I know a lot of them very well in a specific area here in Phoenix called the Zone. Um, in fact, Phoenix, uh, the homeless population in Phoenix over the last five years has it's wow more than tripled over the last five years here wow. I, I think we have the largest concentration of, of, of homeless outside of uh skid row wow. uh, in, in la um because there have been a lot of people to move here uh from from california actually from from everywhere a lot of transplants here in the phoenix area oh, yeah. but uh you know that that's that's what where my heart is at, at this current time working with the homeless people so um, um i ensure that they are treated humanely you know because let's let's face it homeless people um, in, in most people's minds are on the bottom of the total pole in society, right? right? People don't care about them. People don't respect them. People disrespect them. Um, they're treated awful. So I work with the city as well as the police department to ensure that they um, are being treated fair. Um, so that calls for a lot of speaking in, in front of uh, um, city council. Mm -hmm. um, when I do go out, um, which is at now, I probably go out and do outreach, uh, it's kind of slowed down a little bit just because I have so much going on, but I actually go out and do outreach now probably once every other month, if not once a month, but I, I go out and hand out, you know, uh, being summertime last time I went out was, was back in August. Mm. Um, you know, I go out and hand out uh, hygiene packs, uh, water, food, ice cream. And yeah. most importantly is flyers so they can know their rights and know mm. what the city has planned, what's coming down the pipeline. Cause uh, they, they do these things called sweeps. I'm not sure if you're familiar. They happen yeah. all across the country where they go into these areas, these homeless encampments, and they literally take their belongings and throw them away. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, 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 and an illegal sweep happened here in Phoenix last year, which, um, you know, uh, 
not my organization, but another organization that I sit on the board is called Fund for Empowerment. We sued the police department, the city mm. of Phoenix Police Department for this illegal sweep because they what they were supposed to do, they were supposed to take everyone's belongings if they were not able to take them with them at that time when they were instructed to leave. Um, they're supposed to store them for for 60 days. Mm. Okay. And they were just throwing everybody's, yeah, throwing everybody's stuff away. And it's like, you can't do that. Let's, okay, you're making a move. Let's just do things the way that they're supposed to be done. You know, because that's very devastating. That's a traumatic experience for homeless people when they collect all this stuff. And now they they already don't have hardly anything now. What they had is gone. Taking them while they're down is basically the idea there. And, you know, that that is, so it's bringing more compassion and perhaps empathy to people um, at all steps of this ladder uh the people that are in need as well as the people that are in in power and in need everybody needs a little bit more of that compassion and to understand somebody else's situation that's Um, right you know that's right somebody that can throw away somebody's things without any kind of regard is uh you know very unaware of what they're doing and to who they're doing it to and aren't rolling in a lot of empathy for you know humankind which is just you know we're all we're all doing the best we can with what we got and that's right some of us have less and some of us have more and it's just about in a sense finding that balance but compassion and empathy goes a long way there you go and regardless of how they ended up on the streets i mean yes a lot of homeless people are are on drugs addicted to drugs it's the first thing i hear from people where they're nothing but drug addicts well you know what everybody has a story yeah everybody has a story and i've met a lot of people on the streets as well that aren't addicted to drugs Um, i've met a lot of people that have become homeless since 2020 because of 2020 what happened in 2020 yeah exactly um and all types of things i mean so many stories nick i've heard so many stories from homeless people as to why they wound up homeless and i'm talking i've 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 talked to individuals i've talked to families with kids on the street it's a sad sight to see in fact they did a sweep in tempe last year august of 22 um and i organized a protest Mm-hmm. Uh, so if people want to learn about that, they can simply Google that, I, where um, I came together with o- other organizations and we protested the sweep that was happening in the Tempe River Bottom. Yeah. You know, the news came out and, and everything. It was great. So that just brought more awareness to what's going on in Phoenix. But it doesn't only happen in Phoenix. This happens nationwide. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to solve the homeless problem, but I definitely believe there are certain steps and certain things that can be done to alleviate it, to make, to assist both sides of the coin, the homeless and the other people that do not want homeless people (laughs) on the streets in different things. So, yeah, it's gotten to a, uh, it's gotten to a place that's, it's very uh, interesting to see how this could be resolved in any way that makes sense. Um, It's been a factor, you know, from, whenever I could remember, it's always been a thing, but it, it seems this there's been a surge and definitely the uh, lockdown was definitely nobody's friend as far as, uh, yeah. you know, security and safety. <laughs> it's definitely yes. not that. Right. Well, that sounds right. great. Now, how can others connect with the uh, Tangelic uh, Foundation and, uh, and you as well? Great question. So, you know, um, email is the best way. Um, support at tangeliclife.org. Um, that's support at T-A-N-G-E-L-I-C, life, L-I-F-E, dot org. They can shoot me email. Um, um, the website is currently under construction. That should be up and running in a couple weeks here. Um, 
you know, and then obviously I have the the podcast as well, the Hidden Gateway podcast. Um, HiddenGateway.com is the website. Um, I drop a new episode every Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, so you can check it out on all your major um, podcast streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, it it's, it's there. Um, they shoot me email as well, uh, support at thehiddengateway.com. You know, so uh, I have, a, you know, Facebook, uh, Justin Williams, Tangelic Hidden Gateway as well on Facebook. A really cool Instagram that I, that I love um, for the Hidden Gateway. Mm-hmm. Uh, hidden underscore gateway. Um, that, that's on Instagram as well. Uh, so um, various ways yeah. to, to get in contact and listen to the podcast, et cetera. All right. Any, any, uh, do you do guests or you do features? What do you do for your podcast? Oh yeah, I do guests. I have a new guest every week. Okay. Every week. Right. Okay. Every week, new guests. Yes, sir. Got any good guests coming up? Uh, good guests coming up. Good guests coming up. I'm trying to get Kennedy back on. I was in touch Uh with his campaign manager about a month ago. Uh, I wanted to get him back on the show, uh, since he's running for president. Uh, I was told, yes, it's a go. Okay. Uh, but I, 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 but you know, we'll see. We'll yeah, see yeah. You know, how those things go. He's extremely busy. <laughs> and I mean, if he has to choose between CNN or, or Fox and, and Hidden Gateway, guess right. what? <laughs> <laughs> Hidden Gateway's not going to win that one. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> not now, at least. Now, but, are, uh, are you on YouTube with your podcast? Or? Yeah, you know, okay. Um, okay. because of a lot of topics I talk about, yeah. I have to be very careful what I post on YouTube right. due to censorship. But for the last couple of weeks, I've started putting episodes on there again. Um, so, and I'll continue to do that until I get another strike. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I do, how it is. I do have yeah. some on there. Yeah. 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 I had the same problem. Want, <laughs> I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can know. imagine a bit shoot though. Uh, on my, on bit shoot and, um, rumble, all the episodes are on bit shoot and rumble. Oh, okay. you know, pretty much no censorship on those, those platforms. Get on so. it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I want to tell your audience about my book, In the Eye of the Father, a memoir of faith and redemption can be purchased on Amazon, uh, both uh, hardcover and the other. And then I recently contributed a chapter to a book as well. It's an edited book. It's myself and many authors around the world. Uh, The name of the book is called Toxic Love Disorder. Hmm. And chapter is titled right here, The Psychology of the Abused. So that's a couple pages in there. Um, and it's uh, the psychology of toxic relationships since uh, narcissistic abuse has really been uh, on the rise the last several years and, and talked about almost everywhere over the last several years. Oh, yeah. I was asked to contribute a chapter. And so you can purchase that on Amazon as well. Awesome. That's fantastic. And I'll have as many links as I can get into there and uh, directing your way. And uh, again, great pleasure to have you on. Great topic. Great discussion, and uh, maybe I can get on your podcast at some point if I can get my numbers up. <laughs> hey, man, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's Absolutely. do it, man. That, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, have a great night. Take care, Justin. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate you, man. Take care. Bye-bye.